Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Hey, everybody. I just want to make a quick announcement. We are, Lord willing, going back to the Holy Land. So the Encounter Tour has been rescheduled May 4 through 14. I'll say that again, May 4th through 14, 2021, the Encounter Tour to Israel. So excited. It's been rescheduled. Lord willing, all plans will be go, and I'd love to have you join us. So if you want more information, check out the show notes. There'll be a link, but also you can go to madisontravel.com. And you can look it up under Rachel and Michael Inouye, I-N-O-U-Y-E is the last name. And it'll tell you a little bit about the Encounter Tour. I'm so excited to encounter the Holy Land, encounter the people that go together, and encounter Holy Spirit in new ways. Hope you can join us. Thanks. Okay, everybody, I am so glad to welcome my dad, Richard Hagen, back to the podcast, The Real Deal. <laughs> and Richard has been a returning guest and a favorite guest. He was my very first person that I interviewed. And he's the reason for it being called The Real Deal. And if you go back to episode one from season one, we talk about the fact that his name is R.D. And he'd always tell us the Richard Dean is his middle name, but always told us to be the real deal. Just be who you are. Be the authentic thing. The real McCoy. The genuine article. All those things. Right, Dad? That's what you said. And you always told us that. And you blessed us to be the real deal. So that would... That really influenced me to be who I am. So really today, I just want to talk to you and you can tell us stories. I thought about kind of picking out a topic like before and writing the word down, but we just, we can go wherever we go. But um, let me think about, I asked you if there are people that are the real deal for you. Who are some of the either influences in your life who you knew they were <coughs> being the real deal? Well, I had an instructor in in school. Actually, he was a potter and a jewelry uh, jewelry uh, professor. But I don't think I've ever seen anybody as absolutely pure, authentic. And he had uh, one of these LeBanc pens, you know, like a $400 pen or something. Yep. And he wrote with his left hand. And he'd make a mark on the paper. It would be so darn beautiful. I'd just stare at that little <laughs> black mark and say, wow. And he was really a nice guy. Really, really a nice guy. And he grew up out in uh, Washington. And, and I visited him out there one time. And I, I think I've told you the story about the barbecue girl. Oh, yeah. You might have told on the podcast, but tell me anyway. I'm not well, sure. Well, it's, it's the same guy. But everything he did was so arty. It, it just seemed like there was nothing that was normal. Yeah. Just absolutely unique every time. I mean, you know, people, you know, they turn it off and on. They try to buy mm. something arty and they try to do this and that. But this guy didn't have to do anything. It was just absolutely pure. I went to his place one time for a Japanese tea ceremony. And we sat on the floor. And went through this whole big production. He had beautiful wind chimes hanging around his place. And he drove an old car, really a nice car, but it was old. And he saved his money and he saved his money. And he pulled up to our house, guess what? A brand new Triumph from England, sports wow. car. Wow. Took me off a ride, scared me half to death. We went around <laughs> corners so fast. I couldn't believe you'd go around corners that fast. A TR 
Triumph. Yep. Next thing I knew, he had a TR4 Triumph. But he just, everything he did was like that. Anyway, that's, that's no big deal. That's it. But the barbecue grill, was it at his house? Yeah, he, we were out there. I went out watercolor painting, and it came back that day. And, and, and I, I, were you there when we stayed at that campground with the swimming pool? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, we stayed at that campground two or three days. Mount Rainier. That's where he lived. Okay. So anyway, I don't use that word anyway. I said to myself, no more that anyway stuff. <laughs> Last time I said anyway. Well, you listened to your own interview and you said, I say anyway all the time. And then you say, anyway. That's all right. Yeah. So I went to his place and he said, now I know you like T-bone steak. So you come over and we'll have a T-bone steak. Okay. So I went over there on the rain, and the girls stayed, and the, they wanted to stay at that swimming pool. So I went over there, and I looked out in the backyard, and there was a little round grill. And it was green with three little legs on it. I thought, this is not right. This is not, this is not the real deal. This is from Holiday Gas Station. Oh. That, that was the grill. <laughs> and then he came out, and, and the grill was made like, kind of like a pinwheel. All the charcoal briquettes were laid out in a perfect, like a sunflower mm, grill. Mm, pattern, kind of. And then between all these little briquettes were little browned acorns, about the size of a marble. The whole thing was brown and black. Beautiful. Just, and I thought, well, you see, I thought it was going to be normal yeah. when I saw that girl. Then he lit it on fire. Guess what? Now it's gray it's orange, mm -hmm. it's brown, it's black, and it's a swirling thing for a barbecue grill. And I, thought, I have never seen anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I get home, I'm going to do that. I'm going <laughs> to go out on the back patio, and I'm going to get this. And then I said, no, you're not, you deadbeat. That's, that's a, you give the credit to the guy. His name was Richard Fairbanks. You give the credit to him because that, that's you're, right. And I used to tell this story in school. If I catch anybody here doing it, if I hear anything about this, <laughs> I'm coming after you because uh, if you can't do it on your own, at least give the credit That's exactly right. to the guy. Don't steal it. Yeah. Give the credit. Yeah. Uh, everything he did was like that. You know? Wow. Yeah. Pottery and, and was, jewelry teacher. He was a pretty, pretty sharp guy. He went to Finland for a year on a pottery scholarship for, mm. I don't know who from. Then he went to Japan for a year under a Tiffany grant or something. He had all these grants all the time. Yeah. And then he traveled in Europe on his youth hostels and yeah. He was just, just, just too much. Yeah. You know, it's 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 tough to operate with people like that because they know that you're not up to their standard, <laughs> <laughs> or I think I'm not up to their standard. Whatever it is. Okay. Press on. Okay, so we got Richard Fairbanks. So he was the real deal. Anybody else in your life that affected you like that? Or we can go on to a different subject. I just... Well, it, it depends on how much... Yeah, I could go forever. Anyway. <laughs> I could go forever. <laughs> That's good, though. When I first went to Iowa State, they showed me my office. And it was soundproof. Wow. The ceiling and the walls, everything were tiled soundproof. And I looked around, I thought, I wonder if they're spying on me. <laughs> And so I went next door and asked the woman, what's, what's with the soundproof office? She said, well, they used to broadcast radio from that room. Oh, and there was sure a, enough. There was a program called, I think it was called Martha Duncan. 
Anyway, she's on the radio, like a home ec lady. And so her name was Wilkinson, actually, but she went by the name of Martha Duncan, I think. So anyway, that was to deal with the, the uh, soundproof blocks. Right, like, right. White blocks. Were. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anyway. <laughs> I, I, I wondered what that was all about. I, They can't see them. I don't know if you want to you want to talk about religious stuff. Well, actually, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, well, two things. I wanted to talk about some of the things that we've done as we've taken a little vacation here in northern Minnesota, because I want to talk about when you led us in the exercises. But I also <sighs> um, have the book that's out. He speaks, and it's about hearing the voice of God. And God can speak to you out on the lake in creation. He can speak to you by looking at the trees. He can speak to you in his word. He can speak to you through people. But he speaks to everybody. So I was just wondering if there's something that well, you would sometime, share sometime, about his voice. Sometimes he speaks an awful lot louder than others. Exactly. Sometimes it's a still, small voice, I, right? I'll tell you the story. It scares some people, but then that's okay. Okay. I'd that love to hear it. scared me. Okay, tell me. Okay, I was sitting in the back of the church, and the message says, go over to this house and pray for this lady. And I thought, wow, I could see the house. I didn't, you know, it was a, like a block away, like around the block, one block around. And I thought, well, I can see the house where I'm supposed to go to. I, was, I don't know who lives there, and I don't know anybody. So the usher came by and I said, well, I, I'm back, sitting here in the back of the church on a Sunday night. And I said, I got a message to go to pray for somebody in this. He says, well, you better go. I'll pray for you. And I thought, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I went out. I walked half a block east. I walked a block north. I walked a half a block west. And on the north side of the street was a little white house. And I went up there and I stood on the porch and I thought, gosh, I don't know what to do. I, should I knock on the door? What, yeah. what should I do? So I knocked on the door, and this woman says, Come in, we've been expecting you. Wow. And I thought, wow. I said, well, I, I, I don't understand, lady. I, I don't really know, understand what this is all about, but I got a message at the church to come here and pray for somebody. Oh, it's my mother, she said. Hmm. I said, okay. And I thought, here she limped, she really limped, and I thought, oh, she doesn't want me to pray for her. She's limping, oh, just rocking yeah, yeah, back yeah. and forth. I said, oh, I don't know if I can do this. She said, it's my mother. Okay. I said, okay, now, here's the deal, I'm gonna tell you. Don't tell me what the problem is, I wanna pray for what the message was. Yes. Don't tell me anything. It'll influence I just wanna you. pray what the message was, and then, it, whatever because I don't really know much more than that. All I know is the message is this. I'm supposed to come here, and I'm supposed to pray for her, and I'm supposed to pray for something between her mouth and her stomach. That's what you heard. That That's, was the message. The message says pray for between the, the uh, throat and the stomach area. And so she was laying on a day bed out on a porch, like a, yeah. like a steel little funny little flat bed. I think they call them day beds. Anyway, she was out there, and I, so I prayed for her, and I said, what, what, what was her problem? She said, well, she was down in Missouri, and she was traveling back home, and she had a spell where she ruptured her esophagus, 
And they went to a hospital in Missouri, and they told her when she got back home to go to the hospital and have them operate on her. Okay, so they wanted to operate on her throat, and you only had a certain amount of knowledge to pray for her between her mouth and her well, stomach. Yeah, I didn't know what the problem was. Right. Except she said that down in Missouri they told her to go to Fort Dodge and have her throat operated on or whatever they said. Okay. Well, she never had her throat operated on, and she came to that church every Sunday night. She never missed. Right. Every Sunday night she'd come and hug me every time. Yeah. I thought, well, I didn't do anything, but then, you know. Yeah, but you were God's vessel, and she's healed, so yeah. she knew yeah. what happened to her. Yeah. You can't argue with the testimony. No, no, that's, that's, the, that's the big deal. You, know. you can't argue with the testimony. Right. So I was going to say, when it says the message came to you, I just wanted you to define that. Nobody handed you an envelope. There was nothing no, written down. No, you just no. knew. I was sitting in the back. You might have been a baby for all I know. Okay. Maybe. Probably yeah. in the uh, nursery. Okay. Probably is what it was. And you said your head began to yeah. tingle. Yeah. And they always done that lots of times when the message comes. It always does that part. And then there's a message. It's first there's a vibration and then the message. Cool. Yeah, okay. So we would call that a word of knowledge. And you were just open to hear from God. Yeah. Right? Okay, well, but you were telling me another story. Well, we were out in Colorado. Okay. Oh, did I start again? Yeah, do that. Okay, so we were out in Colorado, and we were in Loveland. And I've been out painting watercolor pictures in the mountains or whatever. And I looked in the telephone book, and I was looking for a church on Sunday morning, so I found this church that said, Church of the Good Shepherd. I suppose we could look it up and prove it. I don't right. know. And it said 19 miles south of Loveland, on whatever the highway was. So we drove 19 miles. I looked on the Pontiac, and yep. 19 miles south, nothing. Just a pasture, and that's it. <laughs> so, so went back to town and checked it out. We drove down there 19 miles, same thing, same place. And I pulled in this little driveway. And guess what? Over the hill was a big valley. We didn't see that valley. It was this great big valley. And down the bottom of the valley was a church. Oh. And a mountain behind it. Beautiful. And we got down there and the house, I think, faced northwest. It was all glass. The whole thing was glass. Wow. Looking at the mountain. And it, the pastor lived upstairs in this church. Yeah. And then the church was down below. So we went in there and there was like, a lot of young people. I mean, oh, I suppose there may be, I'm, I'm guessing there might have been maybe a hundred or more. Wow. But they're most of them young people. So then I thought, well, boy, this is pretty good. You know, they had a piano, they had a bass, they had a, all these instruments and whatever. I thought, man, that was pretty good. Maybe we'll go back tonight. So, so we went back to town with our wherever we were staying, I can't remember. Maybe we must have the, we must have the camper. Yeah, we had the camper, I guess. Okay. So anyway, well, anyway, we went back, <laughs> we went back that night, and we went in there, and they were singing and swaying and playing, and little kids running around in the church, and I thought, well, this is a little different, you know. Kind of lively. Oh, gosh, yes. So then they said, well, we have a special thing tonight. We have a special service we have a street preacher from california that's going to speak to us and i thought well i don't think i've ever heard a street preacher 
but he was six feet six. He told us that. He wow. was six feet six, and whatever his name was, I don't remember. I don't know. But he just looked really big. <laughs> and I went back and I sat in the, there, here's the secret. I sat in the lower back corner on this side, the same place as the church before. Wow. I sat back there and I told Rain, oh, I got another message. Well, you better go. Yeah. She says the same thing every time. Well, you better well, go. Well, you better, That's you better right. you go. That's you obey. Okay. So the message was, go up and pray for this street preacher. Well, I've never been in this church except this morning. I don't know these people. I don't mm -hmm. know anything mm -hmm. about it. So I went up there and I said, folks, I don't know what you think about this, but I'm sitting back there and I got a message to come up and pray for this preacher. And all oh, they thought that was wonderful. Yeah. I said, well, that's fine. So I, I felt like looking up, you know, so I prayed for him. I didn't touch him. I didn't yeah. do anything. I just prayed for him. And I, I felt this thud. And there he laid on the floor. And I looked up to see him. He wasn't there. He was on the floor. Yeah. And I thought, wow. Whoa. So then the preacher says, would you pray for me? So I prayed for the preacher. <laughs> he laid on the floor. So you got street preacher and then the... And then his the wife church. came up and said, would you pray for me? Yeah. I said, okay. So I prayed for her and down she went. Hallelujah. And then they came running out there with blankets and yep. threw blankets on them or yep. whatever. I went back to my seat. <laughs> Just visiting people. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I didn't know much. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Well, I guess if you don't know much, it's pretty real because... How could you? I couldn't fake it because I didn't yep. know what it was. Yep, it's not manufactured. You're not trying to do something. It's just what God did. That's good. Now the people that don't believe these stories. Yeah. There are a lot of people that don't believe. Of these. course. That that's still their problem. That's true. And I heard a joke one time to prove it. Yeah. This guy said, "All he said, I, I went to an Oral Roberts meeting, and he said, all oh, this poor guy was limping." Something terrible, and he didn't have a crutch. He just had a tree limb, and he was kind of lean, yeah, leaning on. He went up to be prayed for, and so Oral Roberts prayed for him. And that crutch, that tree, that broken tree stem turned into a crutch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. See, that's that's the kind of stories they like to tell because they don't like to hear the other one because it scares them. Exactly. It scares them exactly. half to death. Like. I've had people, they don't want to be around me like they think. I know something. Right. I know something. You yeah, know. you're going to get intel on them yeah. or something. And they just get really nervous. Like some guy came to me and he says, he's in Sunday school class. Yeah. And he says, oh, some guy out there at the university says, you're one of those religious guys. Oh, wow. I said, well, I don't know. But evidently, I went on a field trip with him one time. And all these guys played poker all night. There were like six or seven of us went on a field trip to visit a school. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't, I don't play poker. I don't want to play poker. I don't, I don't, uh, cigar smoke and all that stuff. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want that. So I'll just go to my room. So I went to the motel, stayed in the room. And after that, they wanted to know why I didn't want to play cards with them, you know, all these people. So I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't like to do that. I feel terrible when I do that. So that's when he decided, oh, okay. is it against your religion? I said, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that, he called me a religious guy. Well, 
you know, that's fine. Still, we're back to the same thing. We are. They don't want to hear it. Some people want to hear it. Yep. Some people don't want to hear it. Correct. Another time I went to visit a guy who was a salesman for uh, sports equipment. And he had cancer. He was really young. And he had cancer. And I went to pray for him. And his wife met me. She says, oh, I don't want you to see him. He was in the back bedroom. She says, I don't want you to see him. He's Catholic. And he says, I want to see him. So he hollered from way back. Yeah. Big house. Yeah. Hollered, so I went in there and prayed for him. And I don't know. I'm not sure there was any big deal about that. But his wife didn't want me to go in there. See, that's another story. Yep, there she, can be an obstruction. Because she was a good Catholic, I suppose she thinks, I don't know. Yeah. And she knows I'm going to that nondescript church over yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to the open Bible church, and she's yeah. She probably thinks that's a no-no. Right. No, right. In a little town, you know, that's, right. that's another thing. Yeah. When I first told them in that little town how when I got saved, man, it was around town, right? I mean, it was around town immediately. <laughs> <laughs> There's no, the word hide, spread. no hiding that one. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to hide it anyway, but when right, they'd right. ask me, I'd tell them. Right. I'd just plain tell them. Because the old and had gone the, and the new had come. Some of the teachers would be like, there's one drama teacher. And we were in so-called teacher's lounge. It was behind the furnace. And a coffee pot behind the furnace <laughs> yeah. in the school building. That's that was the lounge. The, that was the teacher's lounge. <laughs> And there's an iron stairway going upstairs to the gymnasium. And, he, and I, I started up the stairs, and he was under the iron steps. And he said, come here, I want to talk to you. He motioned. So I went under these iron steps yeah. to talk to him. He says, what is this born-again stuff you're talking about? Wow. I said, well, I, I don't know. I, all I know is I'm not the person I used to be. I don't even recognize who I am. Wow. Wow. Everything has changed so much. I, I said, for about three days, I couldn't figure out who I was or where I was. Is everything was brand new. Yep. There was nothing. It was just brand new. Yep. And I said, you know, I, I, that's all I can tell you. I, I said, I don't know, but it, it just happened. The I, different way you think, the different way you I see. I wasn't in church. I wasn't in church at all. I was at home. Yeah. And it. And then I went in, I said, okay, God, I'll tell you what, I've been running for quite a while, so I'll do whatever you want me to do. And the message, very clear, go tell your boss what happened. Okay, go on. I went to the head of school, and I said, I need to talk to you. He says, come in my office. Or I said, I got saved. He says, come in my office. <laughs> we went in there, and he said, uh, Oh, I, I don't want you to preach in that classroom. He said, no preaching in that classroom. He said, that's against the law and whatever. I, said, I, don't, I don't think I believe that. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> out of the way. I said, okay, no problem. But I'll tell you what, I'll catch you on the way home. Uh-huh. And he said, by golly, I believe you will. <laughs> that's my boss. Yeah. By golly, I believe you will. Yeah. And he's the guy that used to, I'd say, I had a job offer. What'd they offer you, he'd say. I'd mm. tell him, he'd say, well, I'll give you that much. Another year, I got another job offer. What'd they offer you? I'd tell him, I'll give you that much. I said, why don't you give me that first before they 
right. ask me. Right. Why don't you offer one time? Right. I think that's pretty poor. If they offer, I'll match it. I said, that stinks. Yeah. If I'm worth that much to somebody else, well, I must I must be worth something. Why don't you offer that? Yeah. He never, he never answered he that. He never one. answered that one. No. I got an offer. I went to see him. Every time I get an offer, he, I was over in, should I name the town? Sure. I was over in Cedar Falls, and I was in the superintendent's office, and they're trying to hire me. And he called on the phone and says, I'll sue him. Don't. Don't do it, I'll sue them. Then I had an offer for West Waterloo. Don't take it, I'll sue them. Because he'd make us sign a contract early. In the year, every year he'd come at He'd sue the school that tried to hire you or you? No, where I was, he'd make us sign a contract early in right. the year, and then we couldn't do anything. So, right. So that happened several times. So the last time, I got a call from Iowa State, and they wanted, no, they wanted to hire me. And I said, it was at midnight, and I was in a welding shop working on a sculpture, and this woman was on the phone, and she said, I'm so-and-so. And I said, oh, I, I don't know you. I said, I'm sorry, I don't know you. She said, I'm the head of the art department or whatever. And she said, well, we know you. I said, oh, really? <laughs> she said, we've been watching you for years. Wow, and we'd so like good. To, and we'd like to hire you. I said, oh, okay, well, uh, she said, could you come down next week or whatever day it was, I don't remember. And I remember we went, the best place in town was a downtown Sheldon Munn Hotel. Yeah. We went down there and they had a long table and all these professors sitting around looking at me, you know. Yeah. And we ate and I thought, I don't have any money. Yeah. I don't have a check, we don't even have a checkbook. I don't have any money, I don't have one dime if they don't pay for this, I don't, I don't know. And I worried the whole time we were eating. This woman next to me ordered Swedish meatballs. And I thought, oh, that's kind of good. Yeah. I understand that part. Yeah, yeah, Swedish. So they brought them out. And she says, take it back. Oh, they weren't yeah. to her liking. She said, oh, one never takes them the first time. <laughs> and I thought, boy, this is a snooty up. Yeah. She was, <laughs> she's from Ohio. And she taught art history or whatever. And I don't Anyways, there we go again. So they must have paid the bill. Yeah, yeah, the head of the department paid the bill. Then she had a Buick, and she drove me around town, and a muffler was out on the car. I don't know what she said. I I have no idea what she said. She was... Because it was so loud? Yeah, and I found out years later she she was hard of hearing. So she just kept talking. She didn't listen. She always just kept talking. I wondered what the... She looked like Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm. Really? I mean, she's like... So anyway, we went to see the dean, and the dean didn't want to hire me. Really? But Marjorie says, well, I do. I think he's just the right one we're looking for. Okay. And the dean says, okay, you're the head of the department, whatever you want. Right. So this woman hired me, and she says, here's what I want you to do. Exact words. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to win prizes. I want to get your name in the paper. I want you to make Iowa State University look good, and I'll make it right with you. That's what she said. I'll make it right with you. So I won prizes, and she made it right, and I won some prizes, and, and she made it right. And you got your name right. in the paper. and Yeah, and so that worked out great. So then five years goes by, and I'm winning prizes, and I go whatever. whatever. Yep. And she kept promoting me, you know, and whatever. 
So I got a call, the dean wants to see you. And I thought, oh boy, here we go. So I went in there, it's been five years now. She said, uh, what do you do to these students? I thought, oh, I hope they don't squeal. I squeezed their elbow yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. She says, we have an exit interview and every student mentions you. Why, why do they always mention you? I said, well, I don't really know. I learned her hometown. I learned her middle name. Yeah. I stop on the farm if I'm going by. Nice. And she says, well, the people all, she said, I think she said, we've had 300 letters or something like that wow. about you. I thought, well, I didn't know that. Okay. She said, well, you remember, I didn't want to hire you. And I said, well, I remember. And there's only three people knew that. Me and her, Nadine. Yeah. And this, there was only three people. Yeah. She says, well, I've changed my mind. I've been so impressed. I want to promote you. Oh, wonderful. And it's she said, I, I want to promote you twice or something like that. She says, I've changed my mind. I said, well, that's pretty good because she's the only one that knew it. There's only three of us that knew it. So that was pretty big for, of her to do that. Yep, not prideful. Yeah, so that was really pretty good of her to do that. So anyway, then we became buddy buddies. Nice. And then when I retired, guess what? what? She filled out my papers. Nice. She filled out my retirement papers because she had been the dean and her husband was the, the place was named after Hilton, named after Yeah, Hilton College. That was Sam. her. That was her. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Yeah. Helen Hilton. That's so good. Yeah. Well, I think so. That's so good. You were at Iowa State for 30 years? Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a long time, Dad. Well, there's people who are longer, but well, I, they were very good to me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of a hum in this room right now. I don't know if you can hear it, but we're up at the cabin. We're in northern Minnesota, so you'll have to, it'll go away in a minute. If you hear it, that's what it is. But what is one thing that we've done while we're here that either surprised you or you enjoyed or something that you didn't expect from being able to be here? Well, I didn't know this place would be so big. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it's it? It's really, really big. We have dear friends that and like to be here. And there's a lot of things around me, just like decorations here and there and everywhere. But they're like the real, real deal compared to whatever yeah and each room has its own flavor uh, yeah it's kind of like a personality I'm sure, they, I'm sure they must have chosen things according to the room and the color not just the color and the size and the, but all the stuff is almost like a plan yeah whatever it's kind of like a color scheme kind of like an art yeah. plan yeah. yeah you would notice that for sure that's another talk about color schemes one time at a church not the one the little one but a bigger church yeah I designed the room colors like I think there was, I can't remember, three three rooms in a row. Okay. And one room was blue, one room was yellow, and one room was peach. I don't remember the colors right now, but all the chairs in that room matched the color of the wall. So you could tell if people moved chairs from one room to oh. another. So they could always move them back to where they belong. Right. But I chose the, the color of the chairs and the color of the walls. Just one wall was that color, and the rest of them were lighter color. Oh, okay. But the one wall in the front was the color of the chairs. Okay, got it. I thought that was pretty clever. That is Someone says, you took my chairs. Yeah, I can prove it, too. <laughs> I can prove it because you took my blue chair. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, 
back to the real deal. Well, you continue to design things. You continue to work on things. You always are, you know, working on something because that's who God made you be. Here's my walking stick. Yeah, there's one of your walking sticks you brought with you for the... 35 yeah. of them now. 35. Yeah, they're each unique. Yeah. They're each a real deal. You've yeah. got collected the wood at different places and have different ornamentation and paint colors. and They're pretty arty. Yeah. This one has an R for Richard. Yeah. Kind of looks like a realtor. <laughs> for real. This well, is gold. Oh, really? That's a tooth. Oh, gold tooth. Yeah, I remember I melted you... it down and put it in there. Yeah, see? Who would know? Who would think? Who would have thunk? Well, one of the things that I enjoyed while we were here is when we went over to the lodge and we turned Do on all the lights and that you led us, you led us on a yoga mat in exercises. <laughs> and I said, I, I put on social media, I don't think I've ever been led in exercise by an octogenarian wearing a belt and suspenders, a jean jacket, leather gloves. <laughs> that was good. And white socks. And white socks. <laughs> but you also had a... Uh, Pen. Duct tape, pen, you keep that in your pocket because then you don't, it's not slippery, right? You lined it with duct tape. Well, I don't want the pen <laughs> to ruin my shirt. Yeah, it's smart. You made they a duct tape. They can ruin your shirt. You made a duct tape holder. Yeah, that was different for me to do that, but it was fabulous. <laughs> it and was why good. did you start that? Because you, you had some back I pain. had a back problem, and I went to several people, and then I went to a pain specialist, and he said the only hope was to continue to do those exercises or surgery. And I told him, I don't want to do surgery. I don't know. If you're almost 90 years old, I don't want to do surgery. So anyway, he says, just do these exercises. And I think I've done them. I don't think I've missed more than five or six days in the last five years. Yeah, it's so good. You've been... Oh, I do them every time. Yeah. If it'll help. Well, it's helped a lot. You don't have to go to surgery, and you've been helped. So, yeah. so you're going to have your... We started the podcast the very first season was on your birthday. Yeah. We put it out on your birthday. And now you're going to be having your 90th in January, yeah. Lord willing. And that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a that's a really big deal. Really big deal. It's a really <laughs> big deal. You don't know how big deal it is. But you know, Dad, I, we were talking a little bit out on the pontoon. I think sometimes you could have a miserable long life or you could have a great long life. And not everything's gone perfectly, but it, part of it for you, I think, is your good attitude. I think you have a positive and a good attitude. Oh, I think so. I think I try to encourage other people. I think you do too. It's really good. It's really I good. I think even the doctor, Federson wrote that on his paper. Yeah. That when you go the to see the time, doctor, they, oh, what did he say? Well, they write there, seems like alert and alert and uh, cognitive and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 because they have to put your mental state down. Yeah, all that. <laughs> I like him. Big, tall guy. You always bring don't you have a story for me? I was just say, don't you always bring a story or a joke for him? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know which one he liked the best, but I told him one about the Lone Ranger and Tonto went out camping. And they set up their tent and they were out camping. And the Lone Ranger says, or like Tonto says to the Lone Ranger, what does the Lone Ranger see when he looks up? And the Lone Ranger says, I see the... Milky Way and Orion Constellation, whatever. Tano says, Lone Ranger, not very smart. Someone stole our tent. <laughs> if you look up and see sky, that's not good if you're supposed to be in it. Someone stole our tent. <laughs> hey, what's the, one about, what's the one about the horse on the edge of the cliff? 
Oh, preacher had a horse, and they, he taught the horse, praise the Lord, and the horse would go. Okay, that was galloping or yeah. going. Okay. And if he wanted to stop, he'd say, amen. So some guy says, can I ride your horse? And he says, well, sure, but remember now, when you say praise the Lord, he'll go, and when you say amen, he'll stop. So the guy got on the horse, and they took off galloping like crazy. They got to the edge of the cliff, and he re couldn't remember what he's supposed to say. So he says, amen, and then the horse stopped dead, and he says, praise the Lord, and over the cliff. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. I always remember that one. Well, I, that's good. So I don't have anything. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about how you hear from God, and you already told me, because I'm getting this book he speaks out and he speaks in many different ways and words of knowledge is one and so you get those and but I'm glad for you sharing those. What I, are some of that deja vu stuff you know where you know you've been there before like or you think you've been there before? Yeah but you haven't God's given you a rehearsal in your head probably or something. Yeah, a I don't know it happens. It happened yeah. the other day actually. What'd you have? I can't remember where we were but I thought oh here it is. Yeah well it's interesting because when we went into the store you know we were going to the self-checkout and, and this woman commented on my new boots because, you know, I got found those yeah. Minnetonka moccasins with all the fringes. And she commented on the boots, and she asked me where I got them. I said, I just got them down at the thrift store, blah, blah, blah. But she said, this is my first day back in 10 days. So I thought, well, she's working at this store. Maybe she's been on vacation. So I said, were you on vacation? She said, no, I've been, I've been 10 days away because I was sick. I said, well, what were you sick with? Is your back hurting or something? And she said, no, I... I've had pain in my legs and I was in an accident or something. So here's that hearing from God. It wasn't my own thought. I thought, well, I think you're supposed to ask if you can pray for her. So I just said, you know, this may seem funny, but I would love to pray for you that that pain goes away. So we're standing by the self-checkout. She's the lady that's going to come help code things in if the scanners don't work or whatever. And I begin to extend my hand just to bless her. I don't even get like this. And she starts to fall over. I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, don't let her fall right here in the store. So, so I pray for her real short. It's not me. It's God, right? So uh, she says, did you feel that when, that when you were praying for me? And I, I said, what? And she said, well, I, I was about to fall down. I said, well, that's just the power of God. So as it would happen, we needed to get a few more groceries. So we went back to the same store a few days later, and I was wondering, you know, whether we'd see her. Sure enough, kind of like the lady who didn't need to have surgery that you prayed for, she found me. And we were going through the checkout, and I said, oh, we're back. And she said, do you know I went and I talked to my chiropractor? She said, I called my chiropractor, and I said, this woman came into the store, and she prayed for me, and I don't have any pain in my legs. And, and my chiropractor said, well, that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad they didn't try I, to dismiss I think, it. I think they, there are more of them that admit it now than they did years ago. Yeah. A lot of doctors that were. Yeah, I was just thankful. Yeah, it was good. Because she, she was delighted. She was just delighted. She said, thank you for that. And then she just blessed me. It was very sweet. Here's, anyway. here's another story. It's not, it's not the same thing, but it's one of those things that happens where you wonder about it. We're in a Goodwill store. Yeah her Goodwill store, and there's a great big barbecue grill. Yes. And this guy standing there looking at it. I said, if you had that barbecue grill, what would you put on? Oh, I'd put ribs and whatever he said. His whole meal he had planned. <laughs> I told, she said, well, 
I, I think I'll see it in a few days if it's still there. Maybe I'll buy it. I can't buy it right now. I tell him, I'll tell you what, I'll buy it for you. Just, just take it. I'll give you the money. Just go buy it. You're going to buy it for me? I said, yeah, I'll buy it for you. Why? I said, well, I'm a Christian, and I just thought I got the message to just buy that for you. Yeah. What are you going to do? Oh, you've restored my faith in humanity. <laughs> he said, I'm going, to have, I'm, going to have a, I'm going to have a barbecue out in my backyard Sunday, and I haven't seen my kids in years, and I'm going to invite oh, them all oh, there. And he, and he told them where they lived and whatever, and he said, we're going to have a big barbecue out there. And I thought, well, there you go. That's so, so then good. I saw him in the store, wandering around, and he pointed, I was way in the other end of the store, and he pointed at me. He's talking to somebody else, yeah. like somebody he knew. That's sweet, though, because another just, time a message. Yeah, it just... It can be I, the smallest thing, but it's uh, acted on. Well, it's you, acted on. when I told him that, he just, you mean you're going to buy it for me? I said, well, yeah, I won't buy it. I'll just give you the money. It was $20, so I just gave him the $20, yeah. you know. You're not supposed to tell those stories because it takes away the blessing. Yeah. Oh, the part about it. You're, if you get your reward here, it's done. Yeah. But if you yeah. get your reward so in I didn't, don't like to tell the story, but it's yeah. also the other kind of the story where it might be better for some other yes. person to hear it. Yes, that's you know, the testimony of Jesus. You might be a better story the other way. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. Well, that's all good. I'm so glad that you're here to do this with me, Dad. And if the, I don't know when this one will air, but we're going to have a... 90th party and we're gonna have some fun for you okay coming well, up. sure sure no glad problem. you'll do it there's a lot of stories and a lot of people that like to hear your stories i'm probably the biggest fan of them <laughs> i feel like i know them and i feel like i well, still hear new ones you've probably heard them so many times no some of them i've heard over and over but overall they're so very good so i'm really grateful i want to pray for you to bless you and then if you feel comfortable just praying quickly for whoever's listening wherever okay. they are and then we'll close the real deal okay sound good Okay. So, Father, thank you so much for my dad. Thank you for who he is. Thank you for what you've done in his life. Lord, I just bless him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I just um, ask that you'd watch over him at night, that you'd uh, strengthen his frame. Thank you for the exercises that he led us in, Lord. I pray that you'd continue to bless him, body, soul, mind, and spirit. I thank you for his life. I thank you that in your sovereignty I get to be his daughter. And so grateful for my dad, Lord. Grateful for the storyteller, the artist, the, the man that uh, tinkers with things and thinks up things that none of us would have ever known how to jury rig or fix or do, Lord. And I, I just praise you for that, for the husband that he is, for the son that he is, for the brother that he is, for the uh, dad that he is, for the grandpa that he is, for the artist that he is, God, for the man of God that he is. We thank you that he's worn a lot of hats, God, but you see him in every way. So I just pray you'd continue to increase his territory whether it's through things like a podcast or whether it's through his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, that you would just continue to bless him. To the thousandth generation, you promise us that, God, so we're grateful. We just thank you for this time here at the cabin and just being able to be away in northern Minnesota and enjoy things. I just speak safety in, over them as they travel back, and we're grateful, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I pray for those who are, are tuned in to hear the stories, if they're, they're worth more than we ever know. Sometimes they reach places we never would have thought of. Sometimes they, we think they're not much and they turn out to be a great deal for somebody. Some little thing that somebody hears that will cause them to change their mind and be, 
and receptive and there's one one that I use very often it's very short but Lord we asked it for all the people listening and for all the people involved in, in the whole podcast help us to be the best that we can be yeah. and we'll thank you in Christ's name Amen yeah, if the best you can be, if everybody did that, we'd be a whole different world. We sure would. We sure would. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. <laughs> <laughs>